Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of retirement. Um, And I've talked about retirement a lot of different ways, but as I've been talking to individuals, you know, about their plans for retirement and seeing people across all different age groups and having the opportunity to attend some, some workshops regarding longevity planning uh, through the MIT Age Lab, it used to be we would talk about uh, kind of retirement or, or your, your investing, your saving, your spending in two phases. One was the accumulation phase. And this is, this is if you kind of just draw an A-frame or like a TP on a piece of paper, the left-hand side was accumulation. You're working, you're saving, everything's growing. Um, and then there's this peak at the top, and then it starts to go down. And then we would call that downward sloping thing uh, your distribution phase. So in the the, the apex of that, the, that TP was your um, retirement date. So basically, you're saving, you're saving, you're saving, you hit this date, you turn off all the spigots, and now you're just taking money out, and you're, you're spending off of it. Um, and as much as you can kind of run the numbers and say, okay, I, I know I can retire on this date, I'll have enough and I don't have to keep working. That transition point is extremely intimidating for so many different factors. Um, for most people, they've been collecting a paycheck or generating income for 30, 40, 50 years. So the idea of not having that paycheck is uh, is, a, is a shock to them. Uh, and they've never had to rely on their money to make money for them. So now all of a sudden they're relying on the interest of those assets and if they're hoping to generate somewhere between a 3 to 5% distribution rate, there's no guaranteed investment that's going to pay that 3 or 5% while still having access to the money. Um, so you usually are using some form of mixture of stocks and bonds and cash, which creates volatility. It means that in some years, the markets go down and you take money out and it looks really scary. So as you kind of think through it, uh, you kind of say, well, well, what if you know what there was this point in time where I wasn't ready to retire? But I wish I didn't have to work as hard. And you know, for some people, that's semi-retirement. Some you know industries, that's a possibility. Others, it's not. But the, the kind of the, the the idea I've been thinking through is the idea of when when can you afford to stop saving? And at that point, you're working uh, to cover your bills. You're working because you enjoy what you're doing. You're working to stay engaged. Uh, but you don't. You're not having that commitment to you know max fund your 401k. You don't have to be pumping money into the Roth IRA because you're trying to have enough later in life to live on those dollars. Um, you basically uh, figure out how much you spend each year. And as long as your income equals that number, you uh, can just allow your investments and savings to grow and benefit from compounding interest. Um, so understanding the difference between that data, you know, when can I stop working and, and just live on my assets versus when when can I stop saving? And I, I still enjoy going to work. I like the people. I like the I like the challenges. I like the uh, topics. I just don't want to feel stressed that I have to keep making more money and saving all of it. Um, because you know, when you look at it, you know, let's say you're in your fifties and sixties, and you're kind of in your peak earning years, and it's not uncommon in New England to you know to be making one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, depending in you know a professional job if you've been at that for the last 20, 30, 40 years. And a lot of times that's just keeping up with cost of living. But let's say you're making $150,000 as your base pay. Uh, what actually hits your checking account is probably more like seven or $8,000 a month instead of the you know, thir- to twelve or $13,000 that your gross income is. 
because they withhold taxes. You're probably at that point trying to maximize your 401k savings. You might be putting money into a health savings account. You might have money being split into two different savings accounts. One is kind of your you know, extra emergency and one is the one you pay the bills out of. So if you basically only you had to generate was enough income to uh, pay the bills, well, you look at your paycheck and say, well, if I if I only made a hundred thousand, but I didn't put any money in the four hundred and one k, and I didn't over you know overfund the the health savings account, and I just you know I I would get about six thousand or sixty five hundred dollars net my paycheck, and that that kind of covers a lot of our bills. So you don't have enough money in your portfolio at this point to kind of stop working. You still need income coming in, but you don't need as much money coming in. So if you could understand where that point is it might help you think about, well, you know what, my next discussion with my boss or my, you know, section leader, whatever it is, uh, I'm going to have this discussion say, look, I'm not ready to retire, but I, I, I would like to, 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 to value quality of life a little bit more. Is it possible for me to work four days instead of five days? Is it, work, is it possible for me to work remote or, or do uh, you know, a, th- a part-time transition? You know, I want to retire probably in 10 years, um, but I don't want to go 100 miles an hour right to the end and then just fall off a cliff. I would love it if I could gradually step down. Um, and you know, some organizations, like I said, with the with the talent crunch that's out there and all the institutional knowledge people have accumulated, you know, they might enjoy that conversation because they want to keep you around. They, they value what you do. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you find that people that only work three days, they still are doing five days worth of work. Um, because you're so efficient at what you do. So the company actually gets to pay you less. Uh, you get to you know, not have the guilt of taking two extra days off a week. Um, you know, but and all kind of starts with understanding that number of when can I when can I stop retiring? When can I stop saving? So I, you know, I ran two quick examples, and obviously there's so many different factors that go into this. But let's say you're one of these two people. Uh, let's say you're 25 years old, and you inherit or get a gift or somehow you know have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars already saved. So you have two hundred fifty thousand dollars already saved. Um, it's not enough to retire. You can't quit your job on two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But if you had two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you let that money grow for the next forty years and you didn't touch it at all, and that money was able to grow uh, at average historical market rates, you know, if we use the S and P five hundred around nine percent per year, that would grow to almost seven hundred seven point five million dollars. So. undisturbed for 40 years would be worth about $7.5 million. Now, obviously, inflation has come into play. So the the equivalent of what that $7.5 million is in 40 years is about uh, $2.5 million today. So if you had $2.5 million today and you use kind of that average of a 4% distribution rate, you could take $100,000 a year off that portfolio in today's dollars to live on. So if you're you're only spending eighty thousand dollars a year, you technically would be at the point where savings becomes optional. So imagine you had this pot of two hundred fifty thousand dollars early on in your life that could just stay invested, and you tried to live like it didn't exist. You were going to ignore it. You weren't going to use it to buy a fancy car. You weren't going to use it to you know go back to grad school. It was just there for the future. Um, that would allow you to make uh, employment decisions on you know what I want. I'm willing to take that job, even though it doesn't pay me as much, I won't be able to save as much. As long as I'm not dipping into savings to cover my living expenses, I'll be fine. Um, or you know what, I can say I still want to save into my 401k because you know I'm getting tax advantages and company matches, but I don't have to try to max it out. I don't have to have that pressure. Um, so you know, 
most people don't have a quarter million dollars at the age of 25. If you're listening to this and you are, uh, you know, have uh, money that you may be thinking about your kids inheriting at some point, you might say, well, what if I funded that trust now? And maybe I, didn't, I don't have to tell them about it. <laughs> I just say, you know, I put some criteria on that they can't touch it for 30 or 40 years. But, you know, that's that power of wealth transfer uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a well thought out strategy. Um, so if you're fortunate enough to come into some money, uh, either through inheritance or work or winning the lottery, or whatever, and you can be disciplined enough just not to touch it, it will change your life significantly down the road. Um, let's flip the curve. Let's say you're 55 years old. And you've done good job saving. You've got, you know, let's say you've got $2 million saved between 401ks, investment accounts, Roth IRAs, maybe some excess equity in the house. Um, but $2 million, if you're living on a, you know, $150,000 a year, isn't enough to stop working. Because if you use the 4% distribution rate, that's only $80,000. So you're still short. You're not ready to collect Social Security. So even though you've done a good job saving, you're not, you can't give up your paycheck just yet. But that same $2 million left undisturbed for the next 15 years um, would be worth uh, close to $5.5 million. Um, and on an inflation basis would be, um, you, know, uh, you know, obviously a little bit of inflation, but that's still 3 to $4 million, you know, in, 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 in today's dollars equivalency, which would be enough to, to, to maintain your lifestyle. So if you're, you know, let's say you're sitting there, you're 55, you're not ready to work, you're not ready to retire yet. Um, but you don't necessarily have to have the same stress about savings. So, you know, if you're making that $200,000 a year paycheck, but you're max funding your 401k and after you pay the, the mortgage and maybe a college bill, there's no money left. You say, Geez, I'm working all this time. I've got no money. I've got nothing to do. Um, well, what if savings was optional? So you ha- you've done enough. You've been disciplined enough. You've, you've sacrificed. You've got some savings. What if you didn't need to max fund your 401k? What if you could take that extra 10 or $15,000 that you're pushing into your 401k and use that to enjoy for travel today? And just once again, as long as you're not dipping into savings to fund those travel plans, that allows your savings to continue to grow and benefit from compounding interest. Um, and you, you might feel like, hey, you know what? Because I am able to, to enjoy it, uh, myself a little bit more now, I won't get as burned out at work and I might be able to work a little bit more longer, not because I have to work longer, but because I enjoy what I do. You know, I, I like the people, I like the challenge. You know, there's a lot of studies going, you know, coming out, you know, that, you know, the, 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 the act of work and it doesn't have to be work for pay, but staying engaged, you know, socially uh, for, uh, you know, mental capacity, all those things that come along with what you get out of your job. Um, are, are helping with people that are living longer and living healthier. So um, if you're going to work stressed and anxious that you're not making enough because you can't save and can't do these things, that's, that's, that's not exactly productive. But if you knew that, you know, I don't need to work to save anymore. I can work because I like working and I can enjoy every penny I make and just spend it and do the things I like as long as I let my savings keep growing it can really change the mental uh, approach to that retirement date and what that next chapter might look like. Um, and it might, you know, if you're in a high stress job and there's no options to reduce, you know, you know that, hey, look, we live on about $100,000 a year. I'm making $200,000 a year. I can go find a new job making half because savings is optional. I don't have to replace every penny of my income. Um, I can take a paycheck for less, which might put me in a lower tax bracket and my, you know, my net paycheck might be a little lower, um, but I don't have to save anymore because I'm just going to make enough to cover my bills. So 
you know, like I said, this is a, a, a date, you know, this is another way to look at your retirement planning, your financial kind of independence or freedom. Um, and like I said, there's so many different factors, you know, you know, whether you have kids or don't have kids, whether you're dealing, you're planning with a partner, planning on yourself, if you have aging parents, if you're, you know, living in a, a high cost area like New England, or you're in a maybe a lower cost area in other parts of the country. Um, so all these things you have to be factored into kind of figuring out when does savings become optional. Um, and even if savings is optional, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's just something you've done for 30, 40 years, you might keep doing it. Um, but it just gives you that, uh, you know, uh, some of the questions to ask beyond like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm 55. I know I can't retire. I I, I it's just I gotta wait till 66. It's killing me. But if you knew that you could just enjoy yourself a little bit more now while still going to work, it might it might just change your your mindset for those last five, 10, 15 years, uh, uh, you know, of, of of work and what you're doing. And if you own your own business, you're in a service based industry, um, you know. You might be like, hey, well, let's say I'm a real estate agent and I've I've typically sold 25 homes a year and I've needed to do that to kind of cover my bills and make some savings and put away for myself and build my business. But you know what? If I could just sell 10 homes a year, if I didn't have that stress or anxiety of feeling like I had to save more, I'm still active, I'm still engaged, I'm still you know productive, I'm making enough to cover my bills, maybe a little extra travel money. Um, but I'm not feeling that anxiety that I have to get my 25 sales every single year. Um, so once again, there's a, there's there's not a, a right answer or an answer for everybody, but there is a, a right solution for you. Um, and you know, as you kind of think through this, you just want to be uh, proactive and asking the right questions. You know, you know, more times than not, you know, very few situations are hopeless. It's just a matter of uh, asking the right questions, you know, having someone you trust to guide you through it if you're you're not competent to do it yourself or confident enough to do it yourself, um, and then just you know really trusting in the decisions you're making so that when uh, it comes time to execute, you, you have the maximum amount of confidence that you can have in the decisions you're making. And regardless if it's not the same thing your neighbor's doing or the same thing your your sister or brother is doing, you you know it's the right thing for you. So once again, like I said, this is a, a newer idea I've been working through, and I'll probably be talking more about it as we kind of you know develop some new content. But I um, hope you enjoyed uh, this, and you got at least one one idea you might be able to take from it. And until next time, I'm Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax,